praise the name of the Lord. He is worthy and uh, he is on the throne. Thank you for the time of prayer. And I uh, just want to continue in the word. Our focus this morning is overcoming through forgiveness. Overcoming through forgiveness. And uh, our text is from the gospel of, according to St. Luke, chapter 17. The focus is verse 3, but I shall read from verse 1 uh, to verse 4. It says, And he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come. But woe to the one through whom they come. It would, be, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Verse 3. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Verse 4. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. I love the rendering. This is the English standard version. I love the rendering of the text in this version. Particularly, it shows us that God actually commands us to forgive. He says you must forgive him. If someone wrongs you and repents, you must forgive them. It is not an option. And I believe that is why he placed it on the heart of our leadership that we would focus on overcoming through forgiveness. My name is Elon Katwe Heyo. I believe that I am known to most of us. If there's anyone that does not know me on the call, I am born again 24-7. I am married to one wife who is a woman. God has blessed us with three biological children so far. My wife and I serve with Life Ministry Uganda. I thank God that this year, 2023, marks 10 years of faithful, consistent service with Life Ministry Uganda as Elon. My wife joined later in 2016, but as Elon, I thank God that this year is 10 years. And it just feels like yesterday, a fresh, um, I wouldn't say graduate because I hadn't yet graduated, but fresh from campus in 2013 by faith in response to God's call, I joined the ministry. And the Lord has been faithful. God has uh, showed up every moment now and then. 
currently I lead one of the ministry departments or strategies called Leader Strategy, which is a ministry to professionals, executives, and family life. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's get back to our text and our focus for this morning, overcoming through forgiveness. The approach that the Lord placed on my heart, I will look at what forgiveness is not, <laughs> what it is not. I'll look at uh, a bit on unforgiveness, and then we shall get back to what is forgiveness. And then I'll crown that up with what it takes or what it is to overcome through forgiveness. That is a basic layout. I know some of us like that structure, but this is also good, especially when you are preparing to have a line of thought. So forgiveness does not mean forgetting. Neither does forgiveness mean that what was done was okay. Or what was done, you know, doesn't matter. What was done, you know, is as sometimes, uh, I don't know, it's the young people or it is said, potea, it, it, is, it is inconsequential. Forgiveness does not mean that you are free from the consequences of one's action, of the actions of the person. Forgiveness does, also, does not mean, or also does not mean, that you will be reconciled, or, or it will necessarily lead to reconciliation, whereby you bring back that particular person into your life or into the position that they held uh, prior to the offense or to whatever it was that happened. That is, that, that is not necessarily the case. It is true that if you do not forgive the people who hurt you, or who offend you, you carry them with you like a burden on your back. It is excess baggage to you, the one that is not or has not forgiven. The other way that you can actually look at unforgiveness Someone has said that it is like me who is not forgiving. I take poison and expect another person to die. I, I am the one that is carrying the grudge. It is me that is, is carrying this burden. I am carrying another person in my heart rent free. The other person is actually not 
paying me, but I'm I'm carrying, I'm holding on to them. I have not released them for whatever issue, whatever offense that they have done. And it is interesting that sometimes the other person may could have been moved on. But for you, you are holding it. Neil Anderson wrote a book entitled Victory Over the Darkness. And in this book, he says that he discovered in his counseling that unforgiveness is the number one avenue that Satan uses to gain entrance into believers' lives. Let me say that again, that unforgiveness is the number one avenue Satan uses to gain entrance into believers' lives. That unforgiveness is an open invitation to Satan's bondage or bondages in our lives. Remember, we are looking at overcoming through forgiveness. And the Lord was just showing me that, you see, to appreciate light, 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 you need to experience or you need to understand darkness. <laughs> to appreciate light, for, for us, you know, the sun has now fully come out where I am. I'm actually out outside. But just a few minutes back, it was pitch dark. At least by the time I got up, it was pitch dark. But now we appreciate the light because we saw what darkness was like. That is why when it is dark, you need a torch or you need a flashlight or you need to switch on. You can actually, you know, they call it groping in the dark. You can knock. But when there is light, then you actually appreciate it. So it is for us to appreciate forgiveness. We need to consider and understand unforgiveness. And that is what Anderson says in his book. That unforgiveness is that number one avenue that Satan uses to gain interest into believers' lives. To deposit demons and all these things. You know, when we carry out deliverance, the ministry of deliverance, There are three stages. There is a pre-deliverance, there is an actual deliverance, and a post-deliverance. Now, in the pre-deliverance, that is where you fill in the questionnaire. You ask a number of questions. It may be writing, written, or it may be oral. You know, someone will ask you, uh, interrogate, and, and you know, Ask this and the other. But one of the key questions that is asked is that are there people who hurt you and that you are finding hard to forgive in your life? 
are there people? And I want to ask this question to us this morning, brethren, brothers and sisters. Please do a soul search and ask yourself that is there someone, it could even be a biological father, it could be a biological mother, it could be a teacher. I'll share my, as we go along, I'll share my experience with one of my primary school teachers that I held on to. Yeah, and 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 at some point I could not I could not breathe. <laughs> you know, think about the terminology that came in during COVID time that I can't breathe. Uh, and some people even took it on to put on sackcloth and all these things. But is there someone in your life? Is there a person who hurt you? Maybe they abused you, whichever way, but you found hard to forgive, to let go, to release. My brother, my sister, if you are struggling with unforgiveness, this morning you're a candidate of deliverance. And I know that tonight we have a night of glory. Consider, and there will be deliverance. Consider being part of the night. While I went on to, to prepare for this morning sharing, I came across a professor of psychology. Someone that is a professor at Luther College, Iowa, in the U.S., called Dr. Lorraine Toysant. Dr. Lorraine has extensively studied forgiveness and even written papers on forgiveness and its effects. He says that while unforgiveness might seem like merely a lack of forgiveness, he says that it's more like a mix of several potentially harmful emotions that when you do not forgive, when you carry people in your heart rent-free, it actually releases toxic, dangerous emotions. And um, I don't know whether they are hormones or what, but substances in your body that are harmful to your health. Dr. Lawrence says that with unforgiveness, you've actually cooked up a brew of bitterness, hostility, and revenge. And this is a unique combination of emotions that surround your experience of being wronged. And in the end, this leads to stress and can even, at an advanced stage, can even lead to death. You've seen people collapse. And when you get to the root of the, why they collapsed, maybe it is stress, but when you consider even further and get to the root of that stress, it is 
and forgiveness. I could go on and on. And I know that this is a topic that has been taught on severally. And I could also encourage you to even go on and on and do further research and reading. But let me swap, let me switch to the other side of the coin. What forgiveness is. Or what forgiveness means. Forgiveness means to give up your right to revenge. To give up your right to revenge. Now, this is a very interesting. Elon, I have been wronged. You remember Newton's third law of motion? Let's bring it in here. For every action, there is an equal yet opposite reaction. So I have been wronged. What is the natural response, even according to the laws, one I have just quoted, is to respond, to revenge, to retaliate, to react. That is the natural response. That is, that's what ought to happen. I have been wronged. Say, I've been abused. My land has been taken or whatever issue it is. So the thing to, you know, quote unquote, the thing to do <laughs> is to do something that is counter, to counteract. I have the right to counteract because something has been done to me. Someone has wronged me. So I need the the. The, the natural thing to do is to counteract and do something wrong to the person or to, to pass it on to somebody else. I am I say I was abused physically. So the natural thing is to go ahead and abuse someone else physically or emotionally, you know, or psychologically, whichever way. I was not treated well. When I entered a certain organization or a school, talk about the teasing and the bullying. So when I have advanced, maybe I'm a middle manager or a supervisor, I will pass on what I experienced. So there's a right. You have a right to revenge. But forgiveness is giving up that right to revenge. The word in English, which I love so much, that describes that is to relinquish, to let go, to let go, to relinquish your right to revenge. Forgiveness is a decision, it is a choice that one makes even when the other party, the one that wronged you, has not necessarily asked for forgiveness. 
or has not said sorry, you can actually forgive. It's a matter of the heart. It's a heart, heart, heart issue, H-E-A-R-T. But also deals with your heart, H-U-R-T. You can decide if you are here and you've been struggling with unforgiveness, you can decide and say that I forgive you. You can decide and say that the person hurt you yesterday. You're holding them in your heart today, but you can choose and purpose that that person will not affect your tomorrow. Praise the name of the Lord. To overcome through unforgiveness. Our focus text in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verse 3, says, I read it again. Pay attention to yourselves. This is ESV. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Let's look at, I'll look at maybe five or so aspects on overcoming through forgiveness. Number one, from this text, from this verse, we say, pay attention to yourself. Friends, pay attention to yourselves, but I want to bring it down to you, to myself. Pay attention to myself. Pay attention to yourself. If it were a physical gathering, I would say, please repeat after me, pay attention to myself. But you can't still say it. The Lord is calling us to pay attention to yourself, to pay attention to myself. Friends, when you forgive, you have overcome. You have broken through. You have relieved yourself. You are the number one beneficiary of forgiving, of letting go, of relinquishing, of giving up a right to revenge to another person. You, it is to yourself. Earlier I talked about Dr. Lauren. Dr. Lauren also says that forgiving someone is an antidote to stress. And this improves your mental and physical health. It is you. It is you in question, not particularly the other person. It is you. Talk about mental health. And uh, I know a counseling department has organized something on 11th February. Log in. Be part of it. When I was in, uh, I think that was primary six, I, I went to a city, a city school just below church, Uganda Road. And uh, there was this teacher. He joined in as a student teacher. He always came to, to class with red eyes. Don't spend the night out. So one of those times, uh, once you're in class and uh, maybe you're conversing and, 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 and he came over and, and, and he hit my head on the wall. And I was very bitter. 
I was, I held this guy. I want to mention his name. I was very bitter. And not long, probably the next year or so, or two terms away, I started getting experience challenge after challenge, challenge after challenge. And I thank God for my parents. My parents sought help for me or with me. And we went to, you know, it was a particular man of God, minister of God that went to for, for deliverance prayers. One of the things I was asked is that, you know, this same question about unforgiveness. And I said, oh, this is this gentleman who was my teacher. I think he taught SST, uh, social studies. And I released him. And the Lord actually visited me. You know, he visited me. Just that one act. Later, I joined high school and uh, one of those holidays, probably around SPS3, I meet this gentleman on Buganda Road, somewhere around the Constitutional Square. And he greets me, I greet him. And I'm like, eh, if I had not released this man, probably I would have seen him and crossed the road. <laughs> or, you know, I would have found my way just. And I, ha I even had opportunity to have a conversation with him. He told me how he had left teaching. Now he was an inspector of schools and all these things. But trust me, even today, if I met him, we would probably sit down. Maybe I would even take him out. A man that had held on so much. I haven't shared the full story, but part of the story is that I actually even took him to police and uh, <laughs> a primary school kid. <laughs> ah, but yes, forgiveness. Forgiveness. It could be from your childhood. It could be in your early career. May the Lord help us. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know me by heart. And if there's any wicked way in me, lead me to the way everlasting. So my God, help us. That is just one story. And I know that each of us here logged on, you have your story. At times, I have found it true that you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself for what you think you did not do well or where you think you even hurt yourself or maybe the decisions you made. You need to forgive yourself. There was, uh, I, I've had interesting episodes in my life, but particularly one when I was at the university and lost my dad. Just the other day, we were commemorating 13 years since he passed on, on 1st February. But when actually my dad passed on 2010, I, for whatever reason, did not grieve. I did not grieve. And that played out. There was a downward spiral. It had its own effects. 
some of you know the story. I may not go into the story today, maybe another day. But I needed to forgive myself for having not grieved because that then brought other issues along, including leaving school for some time. Okay, that was the first aspect of overcoming through forgiveness, uh, paying attention to self. It starts with me. Um, maybe you're a family head. I see a number of family heads on this call. I will not mention your names. But also, you are a mother in the home. You are a child in the home. God have mercy. Number two, overcoming through forgiveness. The place of empathy. Being empathetic, putting yourself in the offender's shoes. Maybe the person stepped on your toes accidentally, or even if it were meant it, but it's sometimes I have done things and I know in my leadership. I'm a culprit. I will probably say something or do something when I don't know that the other person is actually offended. I don't know. I mean, in my view, perspective, opinion, uh, personality, it's okay. And I know that even uh, our other leaders, our priests, our assistant provost, you know, there are certain things that because of how God probably has wired us. Sometimes we even do things that are not sensitive, uh, we, but we don't necessarily know it probably until we are told. But being when you are empathetic, when you put yourself in the other's shoes, you know, in your leader's shoes, then you're able to release, you're able to overcome by forgiving. A story came to mind, and I think this is Luke chapter, should be, no, no, it's John chapter 8, where Jesus tells these Pharisees and the Jews that brought to him this woman that was caught in adultery. And again, every time I, I think about that story, I'm like, okay, so was this woman in adultery alone? Think about um, this patriarch society. So two people are eloping or in adultery, but it's just the woman that is grabbed and taken to Jesus. So, <laughs> well, I mean, where is the man in, in, in this whole mix? But anyway, we understand the culture. The Jewish culture and the African culture have a number of similarities. But when this woman caught in adultery is brought to Jesus, Jesus makes... A number of, does a number of actions, but also makes a statement and says, let he who has no sin cast the first stone. He had stooped to the ground. He was as though writing down something. He says, let he who has no sin, let he who has no need for forgiveness, let he cast the first stone. And the Bible Practically says that from the oldest to the youngest, they kept going away, as in they just disappeared. From the oldest to the youngest, 
they one by one they simply left the scene until Jesus was left with this woman. And then Jesus asked the woman, Where are they? Where are they that condemned you? And then he says that, Go away, see no more. See no more. So putting your place yourself in the other's shoes, because we all sin, we all have sinned and fortunate of the glory of God. None, none, none is perfect whatsoever. All of us need the grace of God. As I say that, I, I say to myself, because many times we, we condemn leaders, we do this. We Ask yourself, if you are in the shoes of the provost, in that particular case, what would you have done? <laughs> Ask yourself, you know, and, and just let go. Um, let, me, let me move on. And, 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 and I have three more points, and I'll just close. Number three, to overcome through forgiveness. I was just pointing this out to me that we ought to maintain a posture of a readiness, a readiness to forgive. It's like, let's be ready to say, I forgive you even before someone offends us. Why so? Because in Luke 17, verse 3, part B, he says that if your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. In other words, there's that natural order. The repentance, forgive. Let go. But there's also the bit of where Peter comes to Jesus in Matthew 18, 21 to 22, and asks about, you know, how many times should we forgive our brothers? And Jesus tells him 70 times, <laughs> seven times. So that is 490 times. And this is what, per day? I mean, even if you say per week, 490 times of oh, forgiveness. Oh my God. Those are, you know, those are many times. But, but it's just saying, Put your heart, let your heart be in a posture, in a place where you can give the forgiveness, experience, you know, overcome, just release, let go, relinquish. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, it says, Do not grow weary in doing good. For induces on your rib. It says, and then it says, do this especially. Let me, let me, let me read it. I had uh, earmarked it here. It says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Then it says, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Think of thinking about the household of faith, you realize that this issue of uh, hard forgiveness, I think, is bred more in, in the household of faith in the church. You see people struggling, moving from church to church, and yet it is just it's, it's you. The problem is you, it is not the church. 
you know, that day I learned that there's no perfect church. I think I was sorted. Because even where you will go, you will find other issues. Yeah, but just the realizing that God has blessed the household of faith for our perfection. God has blessed us, therefore, for accountability, for growth, for ministry, for being part of, uh, you know, what administration, uh, to be part of a family, to belong. Do not grow weary of forgiving. Number four and second last is that we overcome through forgiveness. Indeed, because us to be forgiven, we ought to forgive. Matthew 6, 14 to 15 says that for if you forgive men their sins, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive, that's verse 15. But if you don't forgive men their sins, neither will your father forgive you. Friends, I must say that it is that serious and it is that simple that if you forgive, you'll be forgiven. That's what we pray in our family prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So for us to overcome, we ought to forgive. If we want to be forgiven, we ought to forgive. Last, yet not least, is that we ought to promote harmony. To promote harmony and love for God. When we overcome through forgiveness, we promote harmony and love for God and others, our brethren. I have, uh, I, I, I am a scientist by now, you should ought to know. I, I did engineering at university. And one thing that you come to appreciate is that in this world there's no there's no vacuum there is no something always fills a space i mean even what you cannot see what you see you cannot even when you move a hand a certain mass of air is moved from where your hand is to you know friends even in our hearts even in our lives So when we forgive, then God's shalom, his peace, takes the place of the bitterness. It, 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 it substitutes, it takes that place of the bitterness, of the hostility. His peace, peace. And uh, this breeds harmony. Harmony in the family, harmony in the church, harmony in the nation, harmony. But also when we forgive, our awareness, our realization of God's love is increased. We are reminded of Christ's death 
on the cross, that even on the cross, it could afford to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Even on the cross, even in the even in the point of death, even after that suffering, being flogged, being pierced, being given that crown of thorns. So when we forgive, our awareness, our realization of God's love is increased. And, and we are reminded of, of, of Christ, of Jesus' death. We are reminded of the price that Jesus Christ paid for our forgiveness. And this, this price, this price that Jesus paid for our forgiveness, it then motivates us, it empowers us to love God, to love God and to love others more, to be accommodative. Realizing that I am in need, I need thee every hour, most blessed Lord. I need thee every hour. I am not there yet. Our love for God and others increases. And harmony, peace, tranquility is promoted. Friends have shared a number of things. I'll recap and then I will pray. Talked about the aspect that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean forgetting. But even when you cannot forget what you have not forgiven, forgiveness does not mean that what was done is okay. It passes. And also forgiveness doesn't mean that you don't face the consequences. The example I like giving there is that if a girl, and if, if, if two people, a boy and a girl, are involved in sexual relation and the girl gets pregnant, they are not yet wedded. And uh, what happens is that the girl maybe repents, not maybe, but the girl repents. God forgives her, but does not take away the consequence of her action, the pregnancy. You've forgiven, but you have the pregnancy consequences. And forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation. I talked about that. I talked about unforgiveness being the number one avenue. Satan uses to gain entrance into believers' lives. We cannot not deal with it, brethren. We have to awake, arise, and deal with unforgiveness. We will be light. We will not hold grudges. We will not have issues. And me, me, those who know me, me I'm half, I have a person, and I will talk to anyone and everyone. And sometimes I ask, why don't you talk to sons? I was like, I don't, me, I talk to them. I don't know about it. What you talk about? 
Let go. Be free. Forgiveness is giving up the right to revenge. Pay attention to yourself. Be empathetic. Maintain the posture of the readiness to forgive. Even before they wrong you, just be ready to forgive because they will wrong you. They will offend you. Sometimes even not knowingly, they will step on your toes. They will. And also to be forgiven, you ought to forgive. And for harmony, harmony for increased love of increased love for God and for others. Let us pray. Father, I give you thanks and I give you praise. That indeed today, this morning, Friday, 3rd February, you minister to me, you minister to us. I speak, O oh Lord, and ask that you grant us grace to let go, to release, to relinquish, to forgive. Seventy times, seven times, as you prescribe in your word. Give us grace and help us let go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen for the word. I pray for our brother who has blessed us this morning. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for challenging us, for speaking to us. I know that individually we have a soul search to do. We want particularly to receive this word as a blessed seed that shall grow in our hearts. Father, we thank you for your son, Aaron, who has spoken to us today. We thank you for the time that is spent to prepare to read widely on this topic. Father, I pray that you will bless him, bless the work that he does, bless his family, bless his children, increase wisdom in him, increase in your favor upon him before yourself and before men and in the ministry that he does. Father, you bless his going out and bless his coming in both now and forever. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. 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 I will not repeat uh, uh, because our brother already recapped on the key points uh, that he emphasized on the most important is soul searching. Let us allow the Lord to search us as in Psalm 139 verse 23 to 24 to see everything, the things that we have held, those childhood friends that we are still holding on for us who are married, our husbands, it could be our children, our domestic workers, whom we sent out in anger and bitterness, we are, and we are still holding them, and they are not successful wherever they are. May the Lord search us and help us to let go, to release, especially for domestic workers. Every time you receive a new one, you think she's coming to be like the other one. So we hold on to the anger and the bitterness towards them. We treat them equal, badly because of the bitterness in us. May the Lord help us and really let, release us so that we can be free.